Welcome back to South Dakota Uncloseted. We had to take a week off um, just because of some scheduling conflicts. So thank you for being patient and sticking with us. But right now we have a recording schedule figured out and we plan on bringing you a new episode every week. Now, before getting into the episode, I also want to give a shout out to Danny Torpy for designing us a couple new logos and banners. She has a social media creation and copywriting business that you can check out at the address in the episode notes. So be sure to do that. Otherwise, this week, I get the chance to tell my story. It's a pretty positive story in terms of coming out, and it happens very gradually. I discuss how long it took me to feel comfortable enough with myself to start dating women, and I get the chance to gush about how supportive my family and friends are. Seriously, I'm surrounded by an amazing group of people, and I feel so much gratitude for that. As part of this episode, I've also come up with a really fun drinking game you can partake in while listening. Uh, So basically, the rules are drink every time I say the word like or you know. (laughs) I say that as a self-deprecating joke, but it was really hard for me to listen to myself in this episode. Honestly, I'm finding that no matter how confident you are in your story, it can be hard to put your feelings into words. In my head, I've spent years preparing over and over again the things I'm going to say about my sexuality. I've pieced together an explanation of why I am the way I am, and it all makes sense in my head. But once I finally get the chance to talk about it, I find it hard to explain in a way that I think others will understand. So whether I use those fillers because there's a fear that I'm going to be judged or just a worry that other people won't relate, I think it's something that many LGBTQ plus people may experience. Many queer people feel that they need to provide an explanation as to why they feel the way they do. Like we need a tangible reason or event for non-queer people to understand why we don't fit into the social norm. When in reality, we're just who we are and there's really no need to explain that to anyone. It's why I think giving the South Dakota LGBTQ community a platform to share their stories is important. We aren't pariahs. Our stories are stories that are happening or have happened to millions of people across the world. And our words need to be heard. No matter how many filler words such as like or you know or ums and ahs need to be used. So thank you in advance for taking the time to hear me. And if you do decide to play my little drinking game, I apologize ahead of time for the hangover you might have tomorrow. Here's the episode. supporting you same same thing like i had somebody i graduated with uh who was in my class anyways in highmore i can't remember if she graduated with us or not or from somewhere else but um she was like you know like i'm bi like i'm in a mm-hmm. also in a poly relationship and like how did you tell people and navigate uh, yeah and i so you know i'm like it's really all on your own. It's mm-hmm. like people want advice. And I'm like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm not an expert. I'm just just part of this community yes. here. But it like almost by default makes you an expert. Because mm-hmm. it's like, who else do people go to? Because yeah. like you have to be kind of selective as far as who you talk to about what. Mm-hmm. That's why it was kind of surprising when it was like old friends, like childhood friends mm-hmm. that were like, Oh my gosh, I never knew this. I'm like, uh, please don't be mad about how I talked about my parents or my siblings. And they're like, oh no, I just had no idea. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I don't know, no. invisible minority. 
It's it is it is. I've had a lot of really good feedback, so I'm excited yeah. about it. But yeah, it's been pretty powerful. Yeah. Should we get started? Sure. All right, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. This is South Dakota Uncloseted, the home of great places and gay, gay faces. faces. <laughs> I am um, one of your hosts, Anna Nemec. And I'm Seth Courtney. Yes. And normally we have Megan Mettler here, but it is a graduation weekend and she had a graduation to go to. So she is out. Um, we're also, this is kind of a week late later from what we'd planned, which we just had some scheduling conflicts and stuff. And I think we're trying to maybe try to figure, <laughs> we need to figure out a consistent schedule. consistent schedule and whatnot so um we're we're working on that yeah there's we'll a lot there. of stuff we still need to work on i think which yeah, yeah. it's so. hard juggling 40 hour weeks i know and trying to do something like this on yeah time. full-time jobs and but it feels on the side though. it does and we were just talking about how i've had like a lot of really good feedback and mm-hmm. i I just feel really good about this. You know, I was so nervous at first and everything. Mm -hmm. Like, how's this going to go? Like, I've never, I don't even know how to work audio (laughs) or garage band or anything like that. And Google is a wonderful tool these days. YouTube. (laughs) Just like constantly Googling shit. It's, it's worked. So. Yeah. I, I was really appreciative when we like redid the audio or like, I don't know if you and Marlo like figured it out. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so quiet. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, so I had listened to it, um, like just through my headphones to edit it. And I, th- I thought everything sounded fine. And I think it was just like, cause it was through my headphones, but then mm-hmm. I got in the car once I'd uploaded it and started listening to it. And I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I can't deal with this. Like I'm constantly changing the volume. Like it's so bad. And then I talked with Marlo about, about it. Um, so Marlo is one of our friends. She has a lot of experience with mm-hmm. audio stuff. She's in a band. Yeah, she's in Yurt. a band. She's a musician. Mm-hmm. Yurt is the name of the band. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I haven't heard any of their songs. I'll have to uh, look that up. I'll actually. send you some. You'll have to. Yeah. They're on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Music. Check out Yurt. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And um, so talk to her about it and she helped us get it set up for today. So hopefully <laughs> it just sounds really good, but also, so Buzzsprout is where I've been uploading the podcast and mm-hmm. then I upgraded basically to where they'll like edit the volume and like even nice. out volumes and tones and stuff for Equalize you. So everything. yes. Yeah. Nice. So, so that made it much better. Yeah. So I'm excited for today cause we're doing your your story we today. Are. We're going to talk about me. Ooh, Anna. I know. But first, okay, so we also, we were talking about how, like, we've had a lot of good feedback and everything. Mm-hmm. I have a couple fan things that I want to read. Yeah, okay, absolutely. so I showed you this letter. Yes. So, um, uh, I got a letter from a fan. <laughs> uh, her name's Mary Wooster Hogg, or Hag, H-A-U-G. Okay, mm. but she's an author. Uh, she is, uh, friends with my parents and she wrote a book, uh, and she sent me the book. It's called out of loneliness, uh, murder and memoir. Mm. And, um, she wrote this letter with it. She goes, dear Anna, read about your podcast on Facebook and immediately listened to it. I think you're onto something special with this idea. 
You're giving a voice to those who for too long have been underrepresented, unheard, and now abused by their governor and others who make laws to control other people's lives. <laughs> South Dakota. <laughs> Thanks, Christy. Yes. <laughs> um, I asked your father for your address so I could send you a copy of a book I recently published. It's the story of an unusual and scandalous at the time in 1962, Chamberlain, South Dakota, uh, love triangle that ended in murder. Bev Waugh, a likely transgender man, murdered a Lakota man who was engaged to a pretty teenage girl who was having an affair with Beth, with Bev. So Bev Waugh was um, possibly female to male transgender. Mm. But um, <clears throat> anyways, on the letter, 50 years later, I discovered a picture of Bev and was shocked at how small and vulnerable she seemed. I wanted to understand all that I didn't know about Bev and the murder. I immersed myself in the story through the trial transcripts, the letters the women wrote to one another, interviews, newspaper clippings, and extensive reading. I started the process so I could learn more about Bev, but in the end, I discovered my younger self and the ways in which I was indifferent or woefully ignorant about the many ways we can express ourselves in terms of sexuality and gender. Hmm. She says, I wrestled with the pronoun in this book. I'm aware of and sensitive to the language preferred by those in the LGBTQ plus community. At the same time, the events took place in 1962 when people knew little about gender dysphoria and preferred pronouns. Even psychiatrists did not have the language to define Bev. In addition, I have no way of knowing what choice Bev may have made for the pronoun I used. Ultimately, I settled on the feminine pronoun for consistency and clarity throughout the book. I think she probably went with the feminine pronoun because, like, in all the trial transcripts, they would refer to Bev as she or her, sure. you know? So probably just for consistency. Mm. <laughs> Excuse me. She said, I'd be interested in your response to the book if you should choose to read it. Obviously, I can't make changes in the book, but I could address any concerns you may have when I give readings or book talks. Thank you for considering Mary Wooster Hogg. That's so cool. Yeah, it was super cool. And then I started reading it. I'm only on page like 36. Mm -hmm. um, So just kind of getting into it. But um, a story I'd never heard before. How would you? Yeah, I know. She had to be very intentional with like, this seems important. Let me go find these transcripts and like this mm-hmm. information, but super cool. Cause that's local, mm-hmm. like yeah. localish. Yeah. Chamberlain. I mean, that's like pretty close to where I grew up and everything. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it should be a good read. So thank you, Mary, for sending that to us. Yeah, thank you. <clears throat> it's exciting. It is. And then, um, Another we got so you guys can always message us on like Instagram or Facebook if you want. Mm-hmm. You're free to do that. Um <clears throat> got a message from Dustin, who is your friend Seth. Oh yeah. Yeah, and he goes, So I'm a friend of Seth, a friend of Seth's, and had to listen to the podcast. I recently went to an event held by LGBT plus outdoors and hearing Megan talk about how much she wanted to start a queer hiking group. I couldn't help, but share this organization. It's super legit. The leadership team is beyond phenomenal. I could easily see a group group or two forming in South Dakota wanted to pass it along. Mm-hmm. Even though it's based in Texas, there are local ambassadors that organize local events. The leadership is super supportive and it's very much an organization that's led by the local ambassador. It's not a stiff and full of rules and regulations, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Have any questions, shoot me a DM or get my number from Seth. I already told him it was cool to share it. So mm-hmm. I pass that along to Megan because I think that would be Right awesome. up her alley. Yeah, right up her alley. Because, yeah, it's like <clears throat> I know 
it's like based out of Texas, but there's like different, I think it's ambassadors or like, I don't know, spokespeople mm-hmm. in like Colorado, I think Nebraska maybe, but like basically you're, I don't know, creating this group for like a safe space while doing outdoor activities like mm-hmm. rock climbing, hiking, things like that. And mm-hmm. yeah, it sounds like a great opportunity. I talked to Megan a little bit about it. Um, and even Dustin was like, oh, like you could do two for South Dakota. Like you could both do it kind of like mm-hmm. co-chair oh, it a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But yeah, it could be something super cool to bring to the community. Yeah. I think that'd be awesome. And I, I'm now going to another one, which I wasn't really going to bring up, but talking and just talking about, you know, something for the organization um, <clears throat> or just for the community, basically. Um, so Sammy Peel on, uh, messaged me on Instagram or messaged us on Instagram as well. And she was asking one of you mentioned a brewery in Spearfish that had a pride flag. Do you know which brewery I'm trying to help make space? So that's a group here in Spearfish. I looked it up. It's like make and then capital space, mm-hmm. um, get funds to support the equity training they're organizing for educators. We need some friendly sponsors from the community who care about equity. Um, so I looked it up and it looks like it's a group, um, that I got to get to where I looked it up. So their mission is about making space for like people, creative people. Mm -hmm. Um, so they have a space in Spearfish. They also do a lot with, um, biking. Mm -hmm. Uh, so bike building and education, it says you can come to the bike shop and learn about working on maintaining your bicycle, Tools for a community, use knowledge, volunteers to answer questions, build the ride of your dream. And then um, their other foundation is equity. So they want to provide a space for people who are often marginalized. They do it through dedicated programs and community education. So I thought that was, I'd never heard of that before. I don't know how new it is or anything. Um, I haven't heard of it before. Yeah. So that's make space and spearfish. That'll be interesting to see kind of how things go. But if there's any businesses or anything out there who would like to support that, um, let us know and I can pass that on. Mm. Cause uh, I think the brewery ended up being, it was in North Dakota. I think. Yeah. The brewery that we were talking about was in Bismarck, I believe is what Megan said. So That's yeah. exciting though. Mm-hmm. Like look at that, like organizations and like people reaching out that like, I had no idea. Like, yeah. I had, I mean, and I think there's a lot of that stuff around here that I have no idea about. A lot of that gay stuff. Yeah. All that gay, <laughs> hashtag gay things with a Z. <laughs> no, you're digging yourself. <laughs> uh-huh. <clears throat> but yeah. So those were just a few things I wanted to talk about, yeah. but if we want to get onto the subject of me now, mm. we can talk about hey, me. I guess I better pull up my questions for yeah, you. Yeah. So I was thinking about this on the way here. I'm like, it's, I'm a much better listener and question asker than mm. like talking about myself. So we'll see how it goes. Mm. But Seth, you get to, you get to interview me today. Yeah. I'm excited. Cause right. while you say that you're a better like listener, I think you have a great story and I think you have the ability to like take this to a cool place. So no pressure. But, okay. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I'm I literally paid to listen. Like my job isn't to talk. <laughs> so <laughs> you're probably feeling a little bit of what I was feeling. Cause I was like shitting my brain. Like I was shitting my pants last time. Not going to yeah. lie. And then after we posted it, I was like, 
oh my God, like this is on the air. People are going to hear this. I'm like, I can't take anything back now. Yeah, I know. So like, you know how he edited it. And Mm -hmm. there's a part where I'd walked away to do something with the dogs or go to the bathroom and you and Megan were still talking and recording. And you were like, I thought you were going today, Megan. And you were like, (laughs) well, cause that's in my head. I was like, all right, we're going down, like going to give Megan's story. And then you're like, oh, you're going. I'm like, oh, what? (laughs) I wrote these questions hoping that someone else would answer them. They're not super easy. Like some of it's kind of like nitty gritty. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of stuff is because it's not the norm, you know? So there's going to be giving the people what they want. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess right out the gate demographics like okay. what's your age what's your pronouns where so are you from i'm 35 i got told by um one of my uh friends back in highmore to stop saying my age because it made her feel old she's like 10 <laughs> years older than me but um she, and she was like in high school like a mentor for me and stuff mm-hmm. like that she's like you need to stop saying your age so but anyways i'm 35 years old mm-hmm. just turned 35 in march mm-hmm. and um grew up in Hollabird, South Dakota. Hollabird? Hollabird. Like Holla Bird. Holla Bird. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not but high it's, more. But Holla spelled Ola. Like H O L A B I R D. Ola Bird. Ola Bird. <laughs> definitely not Hispanic. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. So it's actually, so it's on Highway 14. Um, east to pier, like 45 miles. If you blink, you'd like literally miss it. And we weren't even in like Hollabird proper, you know, or like in the one of the farm, mini farms, you know, in gal. the region. Cause I'm a rural gal, <laughs> sort of. <And> so <laughs> I'm no horse girl, no horse goyle. I'm though. a horse girl. I know you're a horse girl. Yeah. <laughs> Nay. <laughs> I guess pronouns, sexuality. Yeah. So um, pronouns, she, her, um, and then sexuality is I identify as a lesbian. I'm a lesbian. I'm a lesbian. <laughs> Good. Yes. But so grew up in... Holla at your bird. Yes. Until how, how old? Uh, my whole life, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So grew up in Hollabird, went to school in Highmore, though. Highmore, South Dakota. So more people not, might know of Highmore, South Dakota than they know of Hollabird. It's a booming metropolis. Yes. Both. I mean, both towns are just huge. So <laughs> I guess what's the population of Highmore? Cause that's oh, I'm Highmore's sure. probably like six or 700 people. Maybe. Oh, okay. Like I graduated with 15 people in my class. So, yeah. Well, I graduated with one, so I'm a little bit better than you. So. Okay, homeschool. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Not about me. So, graduated with 15. Yes, 15 people in my class um, in 2005 from Highmore High School. Go Pirates. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Yar. I don't know what Arr. pirates say. And my parents actually still live around there. Like, they still live on the farm that I grew up on and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my parents. Yeah, my dad farms and ranches. Um, that's what he's pretty much done the majority of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, he went to college and was in the Marines, but majority like mm-hmm. farm and ranch. Um, my mom was a stay at home mom for a really long time. And then when I was in like middle high school, she went back to school. So, um, she was an LPN previously, but she went back to school to get like her associates in nursing and then her, um, bachelor's degree and then she got her nurse practitioner's degree and and yeah now she's a psychiatric nurse practitioner 
Um, yeah, she has That's her psychiatric amazing. certification and she does a lot of medication management and it's, she does all telehealth and it's okay. from home. So I like to talk about her. I'm super proud of her. That's so amazing. yeah, we actually walked through, we both got our bachelor's degrees the yeah. same years at, from SDSU. Huh. So we both got to walk through graduation together. And then the same year she graduated with her NP, I graduated with my master's degree too. So that's amazing. Mm-hmm. High achievers. I know. Like yeah. Goal oriented. <clears throat> Cause <throat> you have one sister. Oh no, I have three sisters. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Where do you fall? Like in the order? I am. So I have an oldest sister, Suzanne. Um, she's about seven years older than I am. And then mm. there's me. And then there's Aaron, who's like 18 months younger than me. And Bridget, who's 18 months younger than Aaron. So, oh. um, yeah. I so, no idea. yeah. So I'm like the second oldest. Hmm. Yeah. And so you did SDSU for bachelor's, master's through Boise State. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Do I know nothing about you? You're learning all these things about me. Like, kind of like how we talked about, like, we haven't actually sat down and, like, talked about a lot of this stuff. So Mm. it's kind of nice. Yeah. I feel like I'm learning so much right now. (laughs) Yeah. So I got my bachelor's at South Dakota State in athletic training. Um, so I am a certified athletic trainer, not personal trainer for those of you who might think that's what it is. Just for the athletes. (laughs) So I, you can't train me. Uh, No, you still think I'm, you're still seeing me as like, I teach you how to exercise. That's not. That's not what an athletic trainer is. What is it? What's so an athletic trainer is somebody who um, works with the management and care of orthopedic injuries or typically like sports injuries. Huh. So uh, management, care, and injuries and also prevention of those injuries. That is not what I thought that was. Yeah, no. I think the I personally think the better term is like athletic therapist, kind of like physical therapist, mm. but like athletic therapist. Because it's also like first respondy ish mm-hmm. like, Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. So but you also taught. I did. Yeah. So, um, graduated with my bachelor's degree, went to, um, did an internship, an athletic training internship at a D2 school in Newberry, South Carolina called Newberry college. Mm. Um, and then, which is really where like my gay story, I feel like starts to blossom. The tea starts to boil. Yes. And then um, after that, went and got my master's degree at Boise State because I didn't know what else to do. So Master's in? uh, Exercise science and sports studies. Technically, it's like the emphasis is like sports sociology and sport history, which is pretty interesting, actually. Um, So went and did that uh, in Boise. And then... Uh, graduated with master's in 2012 and moved to Spearfish and got a, my job at Black Hill State as an athletic trainer and an instructor. And I was there for seven years and um, then moved to Gillette for a relationship that didn't work out. And now I'm in Rapid. Mm-hmm. So that's that's that story. That's <laughs> wild. You said that your like, gay side kind of like came out when you were in south yeah yeah in south carolina so um growing up uh i like and i kind of mentioned this like in our pregame or whatever you know i didn't really grow up in Hymer, south dakota there's not a lot of like gay 
culture, <laughs> if you can imagine. Cowboys. Yes. I don't feel like I really knew anybody who is overtly homophobic. You know, mm. people would say things like, oh, that's gay or you're gay, you know. and It was the 90s. So. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so I was never like knew anybody who was gay. So never saw anybody like that and thought, oh, well, maybe that's me too like mm. what it was for me growing up was now like looking back on it after coming out mm. i was there were certain usually female figures who i'd want to be close to so like mm. like i want to hang out and be friends with that person a yeah. lot in fact when i was like 11 12 i wrote a letter to a girl who was in high school and wrote a letter to her being like i really look up to you um, you know, you're a great athlete. You do all these things. I, I look up to you. Like, will you, I really want to be friends with you. Will you like meet me at the pool to go swimming? You know, <laughs> and, you were how old? and I was like 11 or 12, okay. you know, and I sent mailed this letter off to her, like sent it in the mail and she responded, which was awesome and everything. And she was really nice. And we never did go to the pool like together, code? but I, I like look back on it now and I like looking back on it. And as once I came out, I like immediately was like, I was so gay mm -hmm. like that girl crush. Yeah. Such a huge girl crush, but it was never like, I see that person in a sexual way. Right. It was always just, I want to be in that person's aura and right. their space. And I want to get to know them better mm -hmm. and spend time with them. That it's kind like of motor thing. Them, but like, but not, <laughs> I'm just I, Not that close to space. Seeing if you were paying attention, but like I think part of it is like um, we didn't. I mean, at least just for me, I didn't know people that were gay. Yeah, like you said I didn't grow up with like homophobia or anything, but like, were there like LGBTQ people in your community? Yeah. So one of my sisters was like, there were people who were gay. You knew this person, and mom and dad has th had this friend who is you know gay, mm. and I was like, yeah, but they're like. Like I was a teenager and they're like at the time in their forties, fifties, like I wasn't going to go up to them and be like, what's it like I'm being gay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to go up to them and like talk about them to them about it. It was just, you know, and like, I, it's not like I didn't know gay people existed. Like I knew that. And in yeah. fact, with my sisters, so we'd always fight and stuff all the time. You know, I mean, your siblings, you fight. And so, you know how you always throw insults back at each other, like, you're stupid or you're fat. Well, my sisters to me were like, you're perfect, which, okay. But <laughs> no, <Uber>. no. <laughs> the other one was like, you're a lesbian. And I'd always be like, I don't care. Who cares? <laughs> like, it doesn't matter if I was or not. Like, I Cause I'm perfect. <laughs> Cause I'm perfect. Yeah. No, like, you didn't even like dispute it. It was just like, yeah, well, I was so just, what? I was, I will. And it wasn't like, yeah, what? It, yeah. It'd be like, well, who would, what would it matter if I was that mm -hmm. kind of thing? You know? Cause I was like, it doesn't matter who you love. And maybe, I mean, like I said, I didn't grow up with a lot of, LGBTQ culture, but knew like people could be gay. Mm. And my parents are really pretty liberal. Um, my dad's done a lot with the South Dakota Democratic Party. He served in the legislature and stuff. Wow. Um, and uh, so like there was never any kind of homophobia. 
but it was also like, oh, never like really talking about like LGBTQ culture, which maybe nowadays it gets brought up more often in homes. I don't know than it would have then, but I think it's a little bit more like visible now, probably with like social media and Mm -hmm. whatnot. But like, you mean your parents weren't like, hey, are you lesbian? No, no, they weren't. They never asked anything like that. But my dad says, he's like, ever since you were in junior high, I always thought maybe you were, but I didn't know how to talk to you about it. He's like, Mm -hmm. you had your hair short once. I was like, like, that's the sign. Like I had a really short haircut. (laughs) You had an undercut. You're going to question your sexuality. Oh, it was so bad. I should ask my parents to actually like send me a picture of that and then you can put it on. I'll, I'll let you put it on Instagram. Hell yeah. Oh, did you play softball? I uh, did. <laughs> oh, confirmed. Yes, yeah, slow pitch softball. So we don't have fast pitch. South Dakota. Well, South Dakota might have fast pitch now, but not high more South Dakota. Probably not Not in high school. <clears throat> and not in high school. Yeah, it was like summer wreck slow pitch. I still play softball. Mm, yeah. What's your team name? Breaking Balls. We're sponsored by Dick and Jane's. <laughs> Naughty shop. For those of you who don't know what Dick and Jane's is, it's a sex toy shop in Rapid. I've never been there. I'm afraid. <clears throat> I used to drive by one every day for work and I was too afraid. I'd never gone until a couple years ago, actually. Yeah. And then mm. one of my friends, she was like, what? Like, you... <laughs> like we're going. I was like, okay. <laughs> were you, did you get like super nervous? A little bit. I was like, hee hee. Like giggling. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell my parents. <laughs> Uh, I guess. I'm doing something so naughty. <laughs> Playing softball. <laughs> um, when did you know that you were gay? Um, or lesbian. I know. I was thinking about this. So, like, looking back on it now, I'm like, I probably like knew. Like, if I would have really evaluated it, mm. like, I knew. But it wasn't until I went to South Carolina. So this is my gay blossoming story. (laughs) It wasn't until I moved to South Carolina for um, an internship. Okay. And I moved there not knowing anybody at all. Um, So while I was there, I'd made friends with another um, one of the coaches who was around my age, she might be like a year or two older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was, I think she may have identified as bisexual at the time, but I think she, she's gay now. She's married to a woman and everything. Mm-hmm. And that was really like the first person I ever knew who was out and mm-hmm. like outwardly gay. And, you know, we'd hang out a lot. And I think one night, um, she like flat out asked me, she's like, you're, you're a lesbian, aren't you? And I was like, no, <laughs> like, no, I'm, I'm straight. Like, I, I'm sorry. I'm straight. And then that like really got me thinking about it. Cause I was mm-hmm. like, wait, like I'm actually like, I just told her this, but I'm also like, I know, like I'm attracted to her. Like, I know right. I super am attracted to her. Start taking like a personal inventory. <clears throat> like, Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And like that night, you know, just kind of started things turning a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of it too was like just knowing her and like her, her talking about her experiences and things like that too. I was like stuff I could relate to at times. And um, you know, we were friends throughout that whole, I was there for like a school year. So friends throughout that whole school year. And then kind of towards the end of it, I like, told her I was like mm. I we, we'd gotten drunk so liquid courage mm. and I was like I was like I'm really I 
I don't know if I'm bisexual or what, but I'm attracted to you. Like, I like you a lot. And mm. she was really nice about it. She's like, you know, it's not the same for me. And I, honestly, like, I was super devastated. Like, that was really? so hard. Yeah, I was, like, super. And I think that's the first time I've ever really felt, like, heartbroken. Mm. Like, I dated guys and kind of, you know gone out with guys a few times, but nothing ever really lasted. And it was usually me who'd break it off. Cause I was like, I don't really want to spend time with you at all. You know, You're like, <laughs> yeah, like you have really do not interest me. Mm-hmm. And I always just thought it was like, haven't found the right guy, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, but yeah, when she kind of, you know, and it was, like I said, she was super nice about it and mm. she didn't lead me on or anything. She was just like, yeah, I, I don't feel the same way, you know, like I enjoy being friends with you, but I don't see you in that way. And it was, mm. it was very heartbreaking for me and it was fucking hard. Like it fucked with my head for a little bit too. Mm. Cause here I like made myself very vulnerable to somebody about something I'd never talked to or told anybody about before. Right. And And I had even denied to her up until this point that I was, you know, I'm straight, I'm straight. And then all of a sudden when I'm drunk and I'm like, I am super, like, I'm super attracted to you. And so it was hard, you know, because it was like like an epiphany for you and kind of like did a lot of like, I don't know, self-reflection stuff. And I was like, okay, these are real feelings. And then, yeah, for it to not be like... mutual yeah yeah that is reciprocated it's it was like like i said it was it it really fucked with me Mm. you know which is fine but that's just part of mental health like i wasn't medicated at the time either so (laughs) do i know you mentioned a couple times like oh yeah we were drinking or we would like get drunk and then we would have these conversations was that kind of common because that was definitely like relatable for me like it Mm -hmm. was always Oh, well, if I'm drunk, then I can have this conversation. Then I can talk about it. Yeah. Oh, 100%. For sure. I'm definitely somebody who, when I start drinking, I like, it is liquid courage for me. Like, Mm -hmm. I open up more to people. I talk. I think I'm hilarious. Like, Eh. I know. And that's the thing. And, oh, my gosh. And then after listening to myself talk on that pregame where I'd had four or five beers already, I was like, I can't think of words when I drink. I don't know why people think I'm funny I'm probably not I was like you are funny Anna like I mean I mean should we moderate our consumption of alcohol when we are doing the podcast maybe maybe I did have one beer right earlier same and now I'm drinking water so I think it's water oh it came out of the tap do you get straight vodka out of your tap um it's Hawaiian punch actually (laughs) just clear Hawaiian punch (laughs) but so rewind refocus um had this like coming out experience with this like also trainer coach she was a coach yeah she was like a coach yep and so kind of like not shut down intentionally but like oh hey i don't have these feelings what what then what do you yeah i mean like i said it just fucked me up for a while and it was and it was close enough to the end of my time there too mm. where i mean we were, we were still friends and i had a lot of other friends there too and i mean Internally, and, and none of those other friends knew I'd ever had conversations with her about this, you know? So she was, I mean, she was super great too in the fact that she wasn't going around telling mm-hmm. a bunch of people. Um, wasn't outing you. Yeah, yeah. And I'd maybe told like two other people. Um, 
at the time. I can't remember. But I didn't tell Feather at the time. I didn't tell Heather until until I told everybody pretty much. But yeah. But um, Heather was my old roommate in South Carolina. We mentioned her in the last podcast. She's a beautiful, beautiful soul. She is. She's probably my bestie, actually. Yeah. What? I know. But yeah, and no, at the time, so Heather wouldn't have known, like none of my roommates, and they may have suspected or something too, because also Mm. then like, I'm hanging out a lot with this person who is openly bisexual or gay, whatever she was identifying as at the time. Mm. Um, Anna's probably bisexual or gay too. You know how, you know how, yeah, you know how people are like that, like two girls just who are friends who hang out all the time. And Mm. then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, well they're lesbians with each other, you know, obviously they're in love. Yeah. You know, but it's like, uh, no, maybe we're just like good friends, but, um, yeah. So that was kind of towards the end of my time in South Carolina that I had, you know, kind of came out to her and, Mm told her I liked her, got turned down. Um, and I was maybe there for, had like a month left. Um, and, uh, then came back home to South Dakota for the summer and then went to grad school in Boise. Um, at that time was still like dating men, like kind of curious. I had another friend there who she had dated a woman before, like just Mm -hmm. one other woman one time. And now, so she, she was like, I think I maybe am bisexual, but she had like a story to tell me about her dating a woman and her feelings with that. Mm. And so this was only the second person in my life who I'd ever really talked to mm. about that kind of stuff. Like opened up, opened up to. Mm. And it was so there, like I said, I had another person who had gone through similar experiences as me. So mm. I'm sitting there like analyzing it, like, okay, but I never dated any women at that time. And that's actually something I really kind of regret because I was living in Boise, which is like the biggest city I've ever lived in in my life. It's Mm -hmm. really for being in Idaho, which is a pretty conservative state. Boise is a fairly like progressive city. Um, You know, like they have actual gay bars and like we'd go there occasionally to like, like they had the best Halloween parties, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I wish at that time, Tinder or any of these dating apps yeah. would have been around because I would have definitely, I think, looked online mm. at dating women then. But I wasn't like confident enough to just go up, confident enough in myself to just go up to a woman and like hit on them. Or like I wouldn't have known where to find a queer woman that I would be attracted to to be like, hey, you want to go on a date? You know, really? so, which I just cause I didn't, I don't know where to, I w- didn't know where to go look for that. But you I were guess. Like at the gay bars? Like once or twice, like for mm. their Halloween party or special events, these special events where they're having Brunch. big events. And I, yeah. And I just remember being like, Oh my God, I'm in a gay bar. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm going to burst into flames right now. Cause yeah, like no one would have known you in Boise. Mm-mm. Like it would have been like quote unquote been, safe. Yeah. It would have been just fine. Yeah. And then this was in Boise. Oh, wish I would have taken the opportunity to date women then, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. And then, um, moved to Spearfish and I even, um, so when would I, I would have moved to Spearfish in 2012. Okay. So I'm trying to think of how I would have been 25, 26, yeah. something like that. Um, so even for four years still didn't really like, was still like dating 
men and um, not really. So by then, Tinder and those things had kind of started to come around a little bit more. And mm-hmm. I would switch my profile to like look at women just out of curiosity, you know, just like to be like, what, the, what, what is there? And there's like nothing at that time. There's a lot more now than there was then. <laughs> Seven people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, just out of curiosity. And then finally, like, you know, four years later after moving to Spearfish, um, I was like, I'm going to go out on date I'm I'm gonna do it. Like mm-hmm. I'm just gonna start swiping right on women and see what happens. So that kind of thing. Twenty sixteen? <clears throat> yeah. Probably. Cause I, I have to like think of like age and stuff. So mm-hmm. twenty sixteen. So it would have been so I'm thinking like five years ago is probably five or six years ago probably. Huh. So I would you said four years in Spearfish before, before I probably, yeah. So like when you and I met, like neither Wasn't of us were officially out. out. Yeah, no. So the first girl I'd ever dated was actually from Sioux Falls. So she was originally from Pierre, Um, and I was home. We were like home for a holiday and we both swiped mm-hmm. right together on Tinder. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so a few weeks later I was in Sioux Falls for work or something and we went out on a date and this is also when I first came out to my parents at the same time, too. Because so I went to Sioux Falls for like a work conference and my parents happened to be there for some some conference thing for my dad or something, too. So I just like um, bunked with them in their mm. hotel room because <laughs> so I didn't have to pay for one sure. and went on a date with this girl. And, you know, I come back, mom's like, oh, how was, you know, dinner with your friend? And I was like, well, actually, like, it was a date. Like, I went on it. Sh- and she was like, well, who, wh- tell me about him, you know? And I was like, well, actually, like, it was, it was a girl, mom. Like, I went on a date with a girl. And she was like, oh, okay. Just, Just like, like, all right. And just rolled with it, rolled with it. I th- I think this is how I'm remembering it. And my, my, I think my dad rolled with it too. And then. Um, on the way home from that weekend, I rode with my mom and she talked, we talked a little bit more about it. And she was just like, so is it like, like, do you think you're like attracted to women or do you just like want to like, like spend time with them? Like you want a relationship with them? Cause she's like, cause I think back to some of my friends and I think about how, like, I could have like had a relationship with that woman where we like raised kids together or did things together or lived together, but maybe not like, you know, been sexual. <laughs> like, I didn't want to motorboat her. <laughs> but I didn't want to motorboat her. Yet. So she's like, essentially like you, you aren't just friends. Like yeah. you are attracted to this. Person. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, no, like I, I'm pretty sure like I, mm-hmm. I'm attracted to women, you know, I'm a lesbian mom. (laughs) (laughs) I played softball for so long. I just touched my ring. Um, but, uh, and then, you know, my, and my parents have been, my dad never really said a lot about it. There's been a couple times where he's come around and been like, yeah, I always, like I said, he's, he'll say, I always kind of thought you were maybe in junior high, like around that time because of your short hair. (laughs) Cause that's the indicator. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, 
stereotypical. (laughs) But I never didn't know how to talk to you about it, but I always made sure if we ever saw anything like that on TV to, you know, make note that it's okay. Or, you know, if we saw something. He's like, yeah, you want to watch it? You know, but to not be sure to not say anything derogatory or, you know. Which is still helpful. Which is helpful. Yeah. So, and my mom for the longest time even. Um, I had a, a guy, a friend back home who, when I go home, like we'd go get lunch or something like that. She'd be like, well, what, what if you and Nick just like got together and, um, you guys could just have kids together and like live mm-hmm. together, but it could just be it, a loveless marriage. Yeah. It, you guys wouldn't have to be. Uh, you know, sexual with each other. You guys could do your own things. I'm like, mom, that's like not, right. it's not how it is. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Very like, oh, he's such a nice boy. Like you could just, you could just marry him. Yeah. Like, and this was after I'd like even had a few girlfriends. Like, honestly, yeah. I don't think it was until like maybe just within the last year and a half, two years where she's been like, okay, yeah, like Anna's gay. I'm not going to bring up the fact like maybe she can marry a dude just like it's not a for the hell of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think for her though, part of it was she's always worried about us being alone. She's like, I always worry about you. Your sisters, you know, they all have their husbands and you're just, you know, by Mm. yourself. So, and I'm like, okay. (laughs) But that's, so I think part of it was a mom worrying about her kid being alone and then also worrying about what other people would say, not like talk behind my back, say, but Mm. like she'd be worried about the, any like, Safety, almost. Safety, yeah, 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 basically. My parents are great. My whole family is great. Like, Mm I haven't received any, like, ill, you know, ill feelings from them, anything like that. And they, like, met girlfriends, like, romantic interests. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they've all welcomed them. My family is really pretty welcoming. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm really, really lucky in that. I mean, I know a lot of people aren't. We talked about Mm -hmm. you last week with your family. Um, I'm super lucky. My family's great. Yeah, they sound fantastic. Yeah, they are. Farmers. Yes. (laughs) Such nice people. (laughs) Cultivating... Yeah. inclusive community. Yes. So, um, yeah, so that's how it was with my family. My friends have all been really good too. Mm-hmm. I, um, like to think I've surrounded myself with really good people in my life, honestly, yeah. or people who aren't man enough to say something nasty to my face about it anyways. Mm-hmm. So, and if they talk behind my back, I'm really kind of like, whatever i that's your problem not mine <laughs> it doesn't impact me yeah so i guess you said you came out in 20 probably 2016 17 okay. something like that yeah and i guess according to our prompt i'm supposed to ask like why that time like why that specific I think I was just ready, you know mm. like so i'd gone on like finally pulled the trigger after however many years of like, so from the time I was like, okay, like I think maybe I'm gay 2010 until 2017, 16, 17. So six, seven years where I was like, still just trying to like, maybe I just haven't found the right guy, that kind of thing. Or like trying to present like hetero with relationships, that kind of thing. 
I think I was just ready. You know, I was like finally ready to swipe right on Tinder and like finally make the effort to go on a date with a girl, you Mm. know, and you laugh about that. I didn't use Tinder as a hookup app. Okay. Like I've always used Tinder as a dating app. I was going to say it's different here. Like people are always like, oh yeah, Tinder's for hookups. And I'm like, oh no, this is like Christian Mingle in South Dakota. (laughs) Like this is like, I want to be engaged. I want to like settle down. Yeah. This is like how you meet people now. Right. Yeah. How else do you do it? Yeah, I literally, yeah, not at the gay bar. And I literally don't know how to, even when I was, you know, trying to date men, it's not like I went out to like meet a guy. I don't know. (laughs) What? Hoard up. up. Yeah. So (laughs) that's really not me at all. (laughs) But um, so I think like it was just the right time. And I was like, I'm going out on a date with a girl. This is happening. I'm going to tell. I don't care. You know, I have no problem telling my family about it, my really close friends about it. Mm-hmm. If it gets more serious, then I'll, I'm ready to be more open about it. It mm-hmm. was just, I was just ready for that, I think. Yeah. You just know, like time was right. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so that first girl that I dated, it was the first time I ever kissed a girl. So spicy. that was like, I know, spicy. Um, so, and that was like kind of exciting and everything. We didn't get like intimate, like sexually or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't do that until the second girl I went on a date with. And then when we were together and we were physically intimate, mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit, like this is what I've been missing when it comes to sex. This like, is this awesome. is it. This is like, <laughs> now I know what people are talking about, you know? I like this. <laughs> yes. Because yeah. before, like, with dudes, it was just, it was very much going through the motions type yeah. of thing. And afterwards, I would always just feel so, like, gross with myself. Like, just like, like, I'd want to cry. Mm-hmm. And which isn't even with like boyfriends, people who I'd considered my boyfriends, because it's not like I had a lot of one night stands or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but with guys I considered my boyfriend, even after sleeping with them, I just not feel like good about myself, mm-hmm. you know? So after being with a woman and then being like, oh my God, like now, like, I am so obviously gay. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want to cry right now. Yeah. <laughs> like that was like, I, and I want to like stay up and talk to this person now. And mm. I'm just able and, and not just physically able to connect with women better, but like emotionally too. Like I've always mm. had more female friends than guy friends mm. and it's just easier for me to talk with women Same. and Yeah. <laughs> Same. That's why I have a harem of lesbians. (laughs) That's why, yes, your cohort is just a whole group of lesbians. I mean, I have a few that are just like middle-aged white women. Yes. Um, (laughs) Yes. After coming out, like, what was different? Like, what changed for you? Um, For me, it was very much like... I feel like I would go somewhere and like everybody knows, like Mm, everybody knows they're watching for a while, like, you know, or, um, with the second girl I dated, I was very much like public, like this is my girlfriend, you know, Mm. like I think we may have made it official on Facebook and everything too. So it's like people knew. Mm. So I was always like, I'd go around and be like, what are they thinking? Like, like what, what are they thinking? Just thinking about, yeah. Watching you. Yeah, exactly. Just like thinking they're watching or paying attention or like everybody knows. 
and like paranoid about it. A, yeah, maybe a little bit, but not so much where I was like super anxious or anything. Just mm-hmm. like pressure. Yeah, just like I feel like people know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I was I'd even talked to one of my friends at one time about it. Like I was I was like no I was waiting for somebody to make say something to me about it or like make a big deal about it or mm-hmm. be like why are you gay now? You know, to ask me questions about it. Mm-hmm. And nobody ever did. And I was like like this is a I was talking to one of my friends I was like this is a big deal like and you guys like aren't making a big deal out of it and she was like you know it's a big deal for you like this doesn't change anything for the rest of us like you're still Anna Mm -hmm. you just like women and motorboating (laughs) instead (laughs) still play softball like they weren't like Asking you these like deep personal questions that I like was ready to talk about. I Did you think. want to? I think I wanted to. I think I wanted somebody to sit down and ask me questions like how, like how we're talking now, mm-hmm. like. Why did you feel this way? What, when did you realize it? What things were like the clues to you? Like, I was ready to talk about all this stuff. You know, I'd bottled it up, held it inside for so long, but nobody was asking me those questions. And I was like, this is a big deal. And my friends are like, it's not a big deal. You know, be surprised and ask invasive questions. Yes. Like, ask me anything. You know, I think that's part of the reason why, like, I wanted to start a podcast like this because for me, it's very cathartic to yeah. talk about it with Ooh. people. And just like, it helps me give words to something that I didn't, not that I didn't have the words for, but that I just wasn't saying previously. Mm. Yeah. You it's know, like important to have those conversations even now, like it's, it's later, <clears throat> like mm-hmm. much later than when either of us came out. Cause we probably came out probably around the same time. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, you like want the questions but in a nice way. Like I mm-hmm. remember having um like my freshman year roommate be like, Yeah, Seth, like I already knew that. I'm like, I want you to be surprised. I want you to be excited and be shocked that I'm gay. And he's like, Yeah, we always knew. But so it's like you want those questions because that's kind of how you process it. Mm-hmm. Or even like You're like prepared for you've prepared yourself for them. Right. Because that's yeah. why you, you wait until this point when I have all my talking points and I mm-hmm. like can back this up. But it's like, yeah, being able to like give, like you said, words to this, like mm-hmm. have this discussion and yeah, be able to process and like be visible to others. Like mm-hmm. it's important. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think another thing that changed like after coming out, I'm less angry, <laughs> angry. or like less anxious, maybe. I don't know. So I'm not like a super anxious person normally. Um, I think I have a normal amount of anxiety. I don't have like crippling anxiety. <laughs> Average anxiety. <laughs> Average anxiety. But you're less angry. But less angry. Like I think, and I think uh, being medicated has helped too. So around the same time I kind of started coming out. Um, mm. I also had gone home when I was with my family and had kind of a, a blow up moment. And my mom was like, what is wrong? You mm. know, like she just sat down and was like, what is wrong? And I was like, I don't know anymore. Like, I just, I don't know. And she goes, I'm putting you on Prozac. (laughs) She goes, I'm going to write a prescription for you right now and you're going to take it and uh, you're going to, we're going to see how this works. And, um, 
So I've been on that for probably the last six years. And I think that has helped a lot, you know? Um, you think it was anxiety? Because Prozac is like anti-anxiety. Anti-anxiety, antidepressant. Yep. Mm. And um, so, so I think that has helped. But also I think coming out has helped a lot too. My sister has said this too. Like after you've come out, you've... I can just tell there's a change. You're like less anxious. You're mm. like more, um, you're you, like, you want to be around us more <laughs> like that. Is, it, is it different that like, now that you're out being around your family, like, is it easier to be around your family? A little bit. I like think more comfortable. I think so. And not in a way where they would always be like, Oh, when are you going to find a nice boy? That kind of stuff, you know, mm. not in that way, but just like, I'm just more of who I am and I'm able to be that way with them. And yeah, I'm just Authentic. able to, mm-hmm. yeah, that's huge. Cause I'm opposite. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Like, Mm, that sounds really bad and I need to stop like taking this to like, Oh, (laughs) my family's mean, but like, it's cool that you have the support network that like I'm out and I'm myself and I'm like kind of transparent and I'm around my family more or like Mm -hmm. more comfortable being around my family. Mm -hmm. Like that's huge. Cause that's really unfamiliar. Yeah. Or like less irritable too. Right. With them. Yeah. Cause it's less, masking kind of yeah like, i don't have to worry about oh mom has a nice boy for me like yeah instead it's like <laughs> oh they know who i am and mm-hmm. that i'm seeing someone or not mm-hmm. like i'm a lesbian yeah yeah like, i don't have to be holding that in <laughs> right but like no wonder there's like less anxiety anger like those harder emotions because you're not hiding anything mm-hmm. which yeah. is huge yeah for sure so <laughs> like deviated from our prompts. Can we take a pause real what? quick actually? I'm going to pee. I'm gonna pee my pants. Yeah. Do you want we'll just pause? Beer? All right. <laughs> we're we're back from our pause and our bladders are empty. Much better. Mm. And Seth think. Googled what a switch was. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we were talking earlier about top bottom switch. Because you asked me what my position was, and I made a joke like, catcher. well, I'm a top or catcher or whatever. <laughs> well, because I was asking about softball, and you're yes. like, I'm top. I'm yeah, like, oh. <laughs> like position. So here's our vocabulary lesson. Do you like that? That's nice. Vocabulary. I've been be thinking like about chimes. it. I know, and like a rainbow, like a reading rainbow, like vocabulary. This isn't a video. I know, like I'm making these hand motions and nobody can see it. Like rainbow. If we're gonna flash a rainbow in the air of our podcast. Yes, with the term vocabulary. I love it. I think it's great. But so switch mm-hmm. is something that you had said, which is a person who likes to switch between sexual positions or doesn't have a preference in regards to sexual positions. So I've only heard this with like lesbians or females. Yeah. That blows my mind. I thought it was both gays and lesbians or I thought it was just a queer term. No. Cause I was like, okay, well, first of all, okay. So a top is somebody who is usually giving, giving. Okay. In, in a sexual relationship, the top is the person giving. Okay. So you guys can all picture that. You guys can all picture that however (laughs) you want. I can picture this for like for dudes. You can't picture it for women because you're a gay dude and you don't even want to think about it. I know. I'm like, oh my... Like, so, is this okay. a strap-on? You can do a strap-on or 
the one going down on the doing the eating, eating the one doing the eating. Sandwich. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but the, that analogy is like so good, but so disgusting. It makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> I just picture like baloney. Ew. <laughs> and this is why I'm gay. Yeah. <laughs> but so okay, so more like oral based. Okay. Right? Yeah. Ish. Yeah. So, okay. So, even in a straight relationship, if a guy was getting head from a girl, technically the girl would be the top in that. Oh. For that. Yes. What? I feel like. But top and bottom are more commonly used in gay, gay queer relationships. Yeah. <laughs> we just look at each other and say, gay. gay. I was going to say homosexual, but I also am now don't know what I think about that term. Like after your doctor was like, you're a homosexual. It's very like clinical. Like, yeah. And old. <laughs> yes. But so like queer community. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And a bottom is someone receiving. Which yes. For, oh wait, but no, with oral sex, then how does that work? You receive oral sex. But so that's like bottoming? Yeah. But you're penetrating someone else if you're a dude. Yeah. And the bottom is the person getting penetrated. For female sex, it's the person receiving either the penetration from a strap-on or the receiving the oral sex or receiving the hand job from the mutual masturbation. Okay. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of jabs for that, but I don't know. I'm I'm not going to die on this hill, but I'm not going to walk away from it. Lesbian, Lesbian sex, sex is-, is just masturbation. Okay, that seems really wrong to say. I'm glad you got that off your chest. Yeah, it felt important for your... For your episode. (laughs) Um, But so with men in the gay community, like top, bottom, we've already covered Mm -hmm. these. We have verse or like Mm -hmm. versatile. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. That's what I was like. What does verse mean? Like reverse? Like you can reverse roles, but it's versatile. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's basically switch, but like for guys okay yeah so So i didn't realize switch was just like more of a lesbian term i thought switch was just a queer term in general so switch Mm -hmm. means somebody you you basically take turns with your partner being the giver and the receiver and there's no preference either way and then a pillow princess is somebody who will (laughs) always be receiving which maybe for males that's different but for females it's the woman who is always receiving whatever Right, because according Which, to like, aka, I think is lazy, <laughs> yeah. but other people may not think that, which is fine. But <clears throat> essentially, that's what the term is. Like, according to a couple of different sources, Urban Dictionary. Um, yeah, Urban Dictionary specifically, uh, usually has a negative connotation. It's in a situation where there's an act of laziness, but. Essentially, the girl who lays back and willing to take whatever her partner wants to give her. That's like a quote from them. Don't come for me. Um, (laughs) But basically, it's kind of like a submissive partner. Um, More like in the control of her romantic partner. And it keeps saying her, but it doesn't say that it's specifically only for females either. Like, Mm, yeah. now that I think about it, yeah, I'm not a pillow princess. (laughs) 
<laughs> like a little bit, kind of. Sometimes I'm tired. But like, yeah, basically someone who's like, oh, do what you want. And I'll just kind of lay on my pillow like a princess. Yeah. <laughs> so that was today's vocabulary lesson. We learned what a top is. That is the giver. We learned what a bottom is, the receiver. We learned what switch is and burst. Switch and burst are the same thing, essentially. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Just, yeah. So you can do either top or bottom. You have no preference. And Pillow Princess is a lazy motherfucker. No. (laughs) Someone who just lays back and goes with the flow, essentially. But it's funny because also there's like verse top, verse bottom. So it's like you have a preference, but you would right. switch. Right. Which it's like, <clears throat> oh, I can do either, but like this is kind of my preference, mm-hmm. but not opposed. Interesting. I didn't know that was a different term. <laughs> I learned something today. <laughs> we need to just sit and have a um, vocab, vocab lesson. That would be fun. I, really I think it would get super inappropriate, but it'd be a lot of fun. I think it would be, yeah. And a lot of information, because like... <laughs> A lot of the terms I don't know, I'm realizing. Like, I don't know as much as I thought I did. Uh Oh, the same. Like, like I've said, there's so much. And I think it's not growing up Mm -hmm. exposed to LGBTQ stuff. And also, I think um, just society is changing a lot. Like, it's definitely much more out there. But there's so many things that I don't know. Hmm. Gosh, good stuff. Good, good things. Good stuff. Um, I'm trying to remember where we are. Do you feel like you have like a solid support network here in South Dakota? I have a, a really good support group with my family. I feel like I've always had a good group of friends. Mm-hmm. Like I surround myself with uh, just good people right. in general. And um, something Laura and I have talked about a lot. Like we just like we wish we had more gay friends. Like here we are. And here we are. So hopefully we can like, We're yeah. We're going gay bowling later. We are going gay bowling. Yes. For gay Marlo's birthday. Gay Marlo's B-Day. Marlo who figured out our sound. Yeah, precious baby angel. <laughs> yes. But so I guess you and Laura talk about like, oh, I wish we had more gay friends. But like, it's kind of slowly happening. It is. Yeah, it is. And I think... I think it helps to just coming more into yourself and being more authentic too. you mm-hmm. seek that out more yeah. as well. I guess what's dating been like for you? I know we've touched on it. Yeah, a little bit. I've always been somebody who um, looking for people to date have gone online. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the dating apps, Tinder, Bumble, mm-hmm. Her, which is the lesbian <laughs> dating app. In my head, there's another one called Whisper. And yeah. it's like lesbian grinder yeah and it's whisper but with an h-e-r at the end yeah so you've met people more organically um or no friends more more organically dates i've always met uh usually through a dating app so um and it hasn't been too bad like i mean you've had good luck i've had pretty good luck honestly like that's how i've met every girlfriend i've had is through a dating app maybe there's more women on them than there is men around here honestly like women seeking women versus like men seeking men I know you're like, there's like seven of us on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The, it's very limited as far as like 
who is out as far as like gay men in the area. Mm-hmm. But is that how you met I've, Laura? That's how I met Laura. Laura mm. and I matched on every single dating app. Whispering Eye. <laughs> yes. The Whispering Eye, <laughs> Tinder, Bumble, Her, Hinge, all of them. So, um, yeah. So that's how I met Laura. Um, and that's how I met. So I've had like three serious girlfriends. Um, the first two. So my very first serious girlfriend, I think we were both trying to figure it out. And she was the first woman I was physically with. I was the first woman she was like physically with. You said figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) This is going downhill really quickly. We've each had two beers. (laughs) Oh, no. No, I haven't, Mom. That is, oh, that's So you guys are trying to figure it out. So we were trying to figure it out. It out, <laughs> and um, because we we're maybe both a little curious, basically, mm-hmm. and it turned out, you know, we dated for maybe like seven months or so, and then um, she was just like, "This is not, f- this is not for me." Like, mm-hmm. I am probably just, I want to date men, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and it, again heartbroken which i get heartbroken after every major breakup like it just breaks things it's a lesbian thing i think <laughs> but like six or seven months is that's a, it's a decent though. time like, that's yeah triple any of my relationships yeah so um and and she and i her name's katie we're both friends still like we went to the dominican republic together a couple years ago and um, a softball trip? No, yeah. not a softball trip. It was literally just totally, completely friends. We shared a room and that was it. <laughs> yeah. Did I know Katie? Um, I don't know if you ever met Katie or not. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. But um, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, it wasn't for her. I decided this is for me. And mm. then my second relationship was kind of a U-Haul lesbian relationship after a while. But I, think I remember this one. Yeah. So um dated for about five months and then she asked me to marry her and I said yes. And um You like moved then away. It moved that's why I moved to Gillette was for her and then we lived together for three months and it just it it didn't work out and again was upset her with that but it's all it's all good i'm friends with her still enough Mm -hmm. where like i it was her birthday the other day texted her happy birthday and Mm -hmm. and she had kids and like i still you still ask how the kids are that kind of thing um and that's fine i think I mean, maybe it doesn't work for all lesbians like that, but I'm very much a person who I will be friends with you. Like I'm bad at holding grudges against people. Mm. Um, it may take a little bit for me to not be a little like passive aggressive or snide towards you, but eventually I'll like forgive and forget. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, I met Laura and Laura and I have been together since January of 2021. So a year and a few months. She's you know? cool. She is cool. Like, You've met, met her, her once, <clears throat> once. once. <laughs> but like we vibed. I, yeah, I could be friends with Laura. Yeah, no, she's she's awesome. I she makes me laugh every day. Mm. Like it's she's one of my best friends. Her and Heather. You mm. know, like it's it's really good. And it's funny because when I met her, like that was for. The like the first day, yeah, yeah, that first one that and we I did. I remember just being like, Laura's not what I expected. Like, I don't know what I expected because I don't, I don't think I've met girlfriends in the past. I haven't, uh-uh. yeah, yeah. But 
I was just like, I don't know. <laughs> I I didn't expect Laura, but yeah. she was so much fun and mm-hmm. like a little bit reserved, which I think is why. Usually at first, she is yeah. at first. Like once you get to know her more, then yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'd vibe with Laura. Yeah. Like our, like at home, it's like constant laughing. And so Laura has two kids. She was married previously. Laura is the first woman I've dated that's dated other women too, actually. So she was, Laura was married for a while to a man, uh, to a man. She got pregnant when she was 19 and mm-hmm. they got married. Um, and they had a couple kids. And then by the time I met her, I think they'd been divorced for maybe four, five-ish years and she dated some women in that time so she very much knew like like she's a lesbian like she identifies Mm -hmm. as a lesbian so that's the first woman I've dated that I like seriously that identifies that way and it's made a big difference (laughs) yeah they are like she's secure she Mm -hmm. knows like what she wants what she's doing like Mm -hmm. I don't know that's interesting I had never thought about like I guess I've never dated a guy that's only dated women. Yeah. Oh, like, really? Yeah. That would be really different for me. But like, Laura's <clears throat> dated women prior to you. Mm-hmm. And now you have been together for over a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're in, oh, a year and a half? Almost? almost a year and a half. Yeah. Wild. So it's going good. It's going, we live together. Um, and it's good. Like I said, so she has two kids. Her kids are, um, Olivia is 11 and Jaren is 14 and I'm pretty sure I have their ages right because I am the co-mom of the year. (laughs) They may or may not be eh, teenagers or preteens. Yeah. But it's a lot of fun though. Like even when they're there, like we just laugh so much. Like that's, that's like the biggest thing I can say is like, we just like, laugh so much and we're so it it's so easy to talk to her and we can like talk about whatever or bring up whatever or if there's any issues like I'm not scared to like bring them up to her and worry like oh my god like she's going to break up with me because I'm concerned about this or or like I always feel like I know how she's feeling because she'll say it basically you know like she isn't just we call this a healthy relationship yes I know (laughs) sounds crazy who would have thought (laughs) we talk about everything and we're open with each other yes so yeah it's good so that's my my dating life right now I'm taking people sorry eat your heart out what brought you back to South Dakota? Because you live oh, yeah. all over. Yeah, no, I did. So um, I was in Boise and I was actually intending on staying there. Like that was kind of my plan. Like I was like, I love Boise. Boise's like I, sweet. it's an awesome city. Like I really like it. And um, I had a job lined up around there um, at a high school in like a smaller town outside of Boise. But um, I came home for my cousin's wedding. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was in Sioux Falls and I just, it was so much fun. Like Mm -hmm. I just had a blast with my family and my cousins and like all our friends and everything. Cause my cousins and I, we grew up together in the same town too. So a lot Mm -hmm. of the same, you know, had all the same friends going up and I just had so much fun. And I was like, I, and my sister started having babies and stuff like that. And Close to family. I, yeah, I just, I was wanted to be able to like come home and be the fun aunt mm-hmm. <laughs> and then be able to come. Cause 
come to weddings, you know, and not have to spend $500 every time uh, on a, on a plane ticket every time to come home. So family so, kind of like brought you back to South Yeah. Florida. Yeah, for sure. And <clears throat> I guess what's been like challenging with staying in South Dakota, like mm. what's the worst part, quote unquote. We're a pretty conservative state. I feel like everybody who comes on here is going to say something about that. Our governor gives me so much anxiety. Like, cause it's, she's messing us up. Like, and I don't know, like what, what would be like treason? Like, what can I say? And what would like get me in jail at this point? Cause like, she's making it real hard to be here. Like, I know. There's it's, so much legislation. It's just horrible. Frustrating. Not just like anti gay legislation or trans legislation or anti-abortion, like not, but just the fact that we voted for legalizing marijuana in this state mm-hmm. and you found this loophole that's going to stop it. Stop it. Right. Yeah. Like you, more people <laughs> voted for like legal medicinal marijuana, or recreational, yes. mo- like marijuana <clears throat> use then voted for her. Mm-hmm. Like stand down gnome. Yeah. Like just stuff like that. What would be the best part? The best part, part. My favorite part about South Dakota is the landscape. So um, I love the hill, the Black Hills. Like the the Black Hills out here are great. You didn't just say Black Hills or like the landscape. You you said the landscape. The landscape. Yeah. So I mean, I grew up on the prairie. Okay, yeah, like farm and ranch, like little house on the prairie style. And isn't that close to where you're from? Like it's yeah, ish. it's ish. Same area. Yeah, ish. But like prairie. Mm-hmm. Prairie. And um so when I lived in South Carolina, if you've ever been to South Carolina, there's trees like everywhere. Mm-hmm. So you drive down like the interstate there and there's trees on either side. You mm-hmm. can't see more than the trees <laughs> in it's your like tunnel it's like yeah. Where I came home for Christmas when I was living there. And I remember driving and I was like, holy shit. I was Mm. like, I can see forever. Yeah. Like, and I felt it was like something just kind of opened up and I didn't realize how enclosed I was feeling when Mm -hmm. I was there in South Carolina. Yeah. And I was just able to see so much more and just the wide open spaces. Um, And that really gave me a much bigger appreciation for like Mm. living basically in the middle of nowhere, you know, like, but there's like it. it, And I think it takes, it takes a special eye to be able to see the beauty in that and appreciate Mm -hmm. it. My dad said once before, like, um, so my dad's grown up his whole life, like on the prairie. He's, he says it's a much, it's a subtle beauty. It's not like majestic, like the Rocky mountains or something like that, but it's Mm -hmm. subtle that you have to stop and really like take in to appreciate and like just slow, slow down and like listen and you know, cause it's, it's quiet and it's open and you can see forever. And And it is beautiful. It is. You just have to look for it. Mm -hmm. Like the sunflowers. I always think about Mm -hmm. like the fields that have sunflowers in them or like even just, the rolling hills, like it is beautiful. Or like you can see the sunset so easily around here, and we have some of the best sunsets. You know, mm-hmm. like that's something like living in South Carolina or living in the Boise in the city. Like you didn't get to like see the whole sunset. You maybe saw some colors, but you didn't get to like see all of it. Mm-hmm. You know, or like looking at the sky at night, mm-hmm. like how many stars? stars? Yeah, like there's no like light pollution or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. Like 
I don't know. Even here, I know we're kind of like in town. We're out of town, sort of. But like, mm-hmm. the stars are so bright. Mm-hmm. Even like, I don't know. Growing up in the middle of nowhere. Nowhere. Yeah. Like, did you ever like see that like hazy light of like oh town must be over there like, <laughs> yeah yeah or like if you drive up on rapid from like wall you know mm-hmm. coming in you're like oh yeah rapid city is up there mm-hmm. yeah it looks like yeah. christmas lights mm-hmm. but you can like literally see like the milky way yeah you know when you're out in the middle of nowhere like that if you could give any advice to young anna a younger version of yourself what would it be don't be so angry. <laughs> Stop pulling your sister's hair. Yeah. <laughs> that's basically it. Just, um, yeah, don't be so angry and don't be so hard on yourself. Because that's usually where a lot of my anger would come from. When I'd be just so frustrated that something wasn't working or going my way or I was doing it wrong. And, you know, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, don't be. And I tell Anna in Boise to like go find people, women to date, like start dating women now. <laughs> start. <laughs> like just try dating. it now. <laughs> yeah. Because, well, yeah, it was like a safe place. It was a mm-hmm. place that you could be you. But like, so kind of like, I don't know, start earlier. <laughs> yeah. To a, may, to a degree. But like, I don't regret. You know, and we talk, I feel like maybe we talked about this a little bit before. Like, I don't really have much regrets when it comes to my story. Like, mm-hmm. it's hard to, for me to really think of something about coming out or finding myself that I really regret because it's my story and I very much own it, mm-hmm. you know? And it's hard to imagine how it would have worked out otherwise because here I am. I just see, and I'm not good at dwelling on like, Oh, if I would have done that, like how would that have turned out? Like I've learned, I can't think like that because I just will sit and dwell on it. You know, I guess outside of like your own personal story or like giving advice to like yourself, what about like maybe someone who listens to this kind of like someone who's kind of struggling or like maybe isn't out like, yeah. Listeners. I think take your time. I think that's important. You know, like I talk about how I waited so long to come out. Like once I like actually started about wanting to date women and took me forever to do it. But I think I needed that time. Mm -hmm. Like I think if I would have just really jumped into it, um, I I, I think I would have maybe had a lot more heartbreak or a lot more. I, I needed to fig- really figure myself out and be ready to um, come out mm-hmm. and be prepared for what people would say if they said anything at all. Mm-hmm. I needed that myself to process things. Um, so that's one thing I would tell people is, you know, if you need to take your time, take your time. Mm-hmm. Like the right time to come out will I feel like it'll make its appearance. Right. Like you you'll know. know. You'll know. Mm-hmm. Don't feel like it needs to be forced or happen right now. Yeah. Well even like with your story, like kind of gradual. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, very gradual. Come yeah. Out to who you're safe <clears throat> around or who you feel, I don't know, needs to know or would benefit from knowing or who you're comfortable sharing with. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be all at once Facebook yeah. post. Yeah, it doesn't. I did do an all at once Facebook post though. Once I did, <laughs> once I did, and I, it was great. I like did. I needed that validation, kind of. <laughs> I, I did it like years later, but yeah. like, it it did feel important, kind of like people. I don't know are with me. Mm-hmm. 
And then just putting yourself out there to everybody. So if there is anybody who's like, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to hear that. Like, okay, then now, you know, so don't interact with me if you don't want to. Yeah. (laughs) Lose my number. (laughs) (laughs) Who calls people? Um, I I want to say that's all of our questions. Yeah. I think that was really all the questions we had. I really like, thank you for sharing your story. Cause it's, it's not easy. Like, and mm-hmm. after mine went out last two weeks ago, mm-hmm. like it was nerve wracking. I was like, Oh my God, I feel like that person. That's like the one person dancing on the dance floor. I'm like, this is what it <laughs> it's feels just like. me. <laughs> well, and then like my brother called me out of the blue and I'm like, Oh fuck. Like, he listened. I'm like, there's no fucking way. And as it turns out, he didn't. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. It it was like nerve wracking. But mm-hmm. I really like appreciate you sharing this because it's a it's a different type of story. It's I don't know. I I don't know. Oh, I'm not gonna get emotional, but like it's important to hear the stories where like the family was okay with it. Mm-hmm. The friends group were supportive, like, I don't know, you're you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And is very hopeful. So like, thank you for sharing. Thank you. Yeah, it was good. I like this. And I think like, as we keep going, this is going to be a very like cathartic experience Mm -hmm. for people. And I, um, hope it just all ends up. I just, I just hope this does something for somebody gives them the confidence or just hearing this stuff, you know? So, Um, I do want to say if uh, there's anybody out there who would like to share their story, Mm -hmm. um, let us know. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to uh, do remote interviews and get the audio off of it. So I need to find um, a program that does that. Mm -hmm. Um, So we would be able to do like a Zoom call or a Zoom interview. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're interested in telling your story, just send us a message on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're at SD Uncloseted. Um, On Facebook, we're South Dakota Uncloseted on there. Um, Yeah, just feel free to drop us a line if you're interested, and we're going to start working on getting people scheduled uh, for interviews. And if you have just questions or, like, things that would be helpful as far as even just like topics or, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm curious about this. Or if you want to send us a book, like, yeah, yeah. Know, send us a book. We'll, we'll do our best to like follow up, reach out, mm-hmm. answer questions. Yeah, for sure. If you want to date me, <laughs> cut that out. <laughs> no, I'm leaving that. Uh, we'll see. But, he likes redheaded outdoorsy men. Ooh, or if you are like a veterinarian or like financially stable. That too. All right. Thank you everybody for joining yeah, us for today. <laughs> This has been South Dakota Uncloseted, the home of great places and gay Gay faces. faces. See ya.